The Italian Wine Podcast is introducing a new donation drive this month. It's called Why Am I a Fan? We are encouraging anyone who tunes in on a regular basis to send us your 10-second video on why you are a fan of our podcast network or a specific show. We will then share your thoughts with the world with the goal of garnering support for our donation drive. Italian Wine Podcast is a publicly funded, sponsor-driven enterprise that needs you in order to continue to receive awesome free wine edutainment seven days a week. We are asking our listeners to donate to the Italian Wine Podcast by clicking either the GoFundMe link or the Patreon link found on italianwinepodcast.com. Remember, if you sign up as a monthly donor on our Patreon, we will send you a free IWP t-shirt and a copy of the Wine Democracy book, the newest Mama Jumbo Shrimp publication. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Today we travel to the South Tyrol, Alto Adige, to meet my guest, Eros Teboni, a certified sommelier who in 2018 was awarded Best Sommelier Worldwide. Good morning, Eros. Thanks for being my guest today. How are you? And is it a beautiful day where you are? It's uh, The sun is shining. The weather is fine. It's Friday, so I'm looking forward to the weekend. So I am pretty relaxed, but excited too. Yeah, that's a good, good thing. The sun's shining here too. Eros, I'd like to go back to the beginning. I, can you tell us where you're from? I know you're from a beautiful wine region, Alto Adige, Sud Tirol. And... Uh, Tell us about your childhood, where you were born, where you were raised, and how you became to love wine. All uh, right. So we need a few days of of everything, every every explanation. But yes, so long story short, we <laughs> are speaking about Alto Adige, of course. I'm from there, uh, a beautiful wine region. So, of course, uh, focused uh, or based on uh, white wines, uh, red wines too, but are more or less... Uh, a little bit more than the thirty percent of the uh, of the quantity of the surface, and I started in our wine shop, and the wine shop is located in Brennero. It's one of the most northern uh, wine shop I think from Italy, and we have of course a small, small, small um, wine import export. We are speaking about Italian wine, Piemonte and Tusc- Tuscany, of course. And we import a little bit of Austrian wine, like Wachau, like Kremstal, Kamtal, the typical Riesling and Grüneveltina wine regions. And I started with uh, 1617, and I work in the, um, I work in the shop. I clean the bottles, uh, more or less. <laughs> and, and my father, of course, uh, um, give me or um how can i say um he w- he give me this sickness it's not like a sickness a passion of course but can turn sometimes in a sickness too about wine loving of course 
And then yes, and then I started the University of um, Enology, and then I quit it because uh, after this the sixth harvest, what I did because uh, I was, uh, or it was clear in my mind that I was for me was better to speak about wine, sell wine, communicate the wine, and not to do the wine. So I was a better speaker than a maker. <laughs> if we can explain that like a, like this. Oh, that's really interesting. And uh, just so our listeners have a clear idea, Brennero, we're talking about virtually on the Austrian border in in German-speaking uh, South Tyrol, uh, German-Italian, uh, but very much um, part, once an area that was part of Austria for many centuries, and which, as you say, is a really fabulous wine region, uh, one of my favorite areas for those wonderful white wines, but also, as you say, for some very notable reds. So you grew up really with wine all around you, with the wine shop, with dusty bottles on the shelves, and that sort of seeped into you. And you learned that your vocation was to to talk about wine, to communicate about wine. Yes, exactly. And then I started to make some 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 small and short, some really small tasting with the clients of. Uh, uh, and the customers of my of uh, our wine shop, and then I move uh, in Europe uh, to see uh, and to work in several. I do my first examination, family examination in Austria, my diploma, and then I went to the court of master sommelier where I achieved uh, in I think 2016 or 2015 the certified the first international level the diploma of um, the two of four steps to become. Master sommelier, and now I am looking forward to the next examination. I think next year I will try to make the advanced level because uh, you know, if you start to study uh, wine, you know every day that you your knowledge is really really small, and then uh, you know I am always excited to know more, to know uh, more people, to know more wine region, and to of course, and why not to try to make the next step the advanced sommelier of the court of master. Okay, so actually, I think this is very important for our listeners to know that the the profession of a sommelier uh, is a rigorous one, whether one is an ice sommelier in Italy or going through the court of master sommeliers. It demands study, learning about wine regions all over the world, constant tasting, and really honing knowledge. So it's uh, a really high profession. And I guess the the top of that profession would be becoming a master sommelier. We will see. We will see. Because actually, it was my dream. and But now, uh, and f- of course, fortunately, uh, all the companies are going really, really good. I'm really happy. And so I have... Uh, I have to find some times, a lot of times actually, to find uh, to um, to be able to keep and learning because actually I learn so four hours, six hours a week, and for to prepare myself for the advanced level is of course not uh, enough time. But um, yes, a, a big um, a big thing what I have, what I can do with my companies, and what I already do is to go and visit a lot of producers, to see the wine region, to speak with people who know more than you about uh, different wines. Because if you want to learn something, my idea, my opinion, is to absorb information 
from people that know more, a lot more than you. So then you can increase your knowledge. Absolutely. Now, Eros, in 2018, you achieved an incredible uh, award when you were named the best sommelier worldwide, uh, an amazing achievement. Tell us about this. Tell us about the award. Tell us about what you had to do to win this award. It's a normal uh, classical competition. You have you are uh, you have to to be able to pass several uh, um, examination. Of course, theoretical examination, oral examination, blind tastings, uh, um, uh, correction of uh, wine list. Uh, be able to serve in 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 exactly exactly. Uh, it was eight minutes time to serve uh, in a gala form a bottle of wine to speak about them uh, to speak about uh, all the wine region. What your examinator, the judges. Uh, all the uh, the question what the judges will will tell you and of course i think uh, you need uh, i think a lot of luck because it should be your day exactly your day should be written in your destiny but i learned in my short career that uh, if you learn a lot you increase the level of the luck that you can have so and i think of course and communication i have a lot of uh, of friends uh, in Europe, they actually are doing example, are preparing now for the for the world competition of Asia, and uh, it's every is all every time really good to to speak with them and to be able to confront yourself with them and to and you know it's a connection and it's really important. So this was like the Olympics of wine tasting, a competition, and 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 you came out on top. That must have been an incredible experience. Yeah, my my idea it was to, or my 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 idea was to become in the top fifteen, and then uh, after the second day, <laughs> I was in the top three, and then we went together on the final, and uh, it was it was a it was a great day. And that was in Rome. In Rome, of course, of course, in Rome. Yeah. Was it fun? But it was. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> I was super nervous from the seven o'clock from the first day till the second day at night. I was all the time super mega nervous. I bet, I bet. Now, Eros, um, we think of sommeliers as having you know, incredible palates, and that's part of what you what you need to have in terms of not only being able to taste, but in, in being able to communicate taste. Do you consider yourself a super taster? Is that essential to to be a super taster i have um i make you different examples so i think i am quite a good taster and uh, you know in this um in this uh job in this part of uh, of the wine world if we speak about so many of course uh, you need a little bit of talent so i think um between 5 and 10% maybe the rest is the Tasting, understanding, learning, learning first and then tasting. Tasting with people that know more than you all the time is really important. And um, because uh, if you, I have, um, now I try to make you a short example, a short, uh, um, um, a short story, a short idea. If I take, uh, if we are playing in football, right? And, uh, you know, there are these people, these freestyler, you know, that are able to make uh, super, 
super uh, stuff with the ball. Are you understanding what I mean? I do, yeah. Exactly. So if we let compete them like a blind taster, so super talented, with example, with the knowledge to make some, some tricks with the ball, and uh, as comparison, we take Ronaldinho, a really, really good and important. It was a legend at my time, but okay, I am still young. But now, example, I don't know, uh, another great uh, Messi. Of course, the freestyler will uh, bring will win the competition because uh, super talented and super great. But uh, who bring a difference in the football world? A, free, a super freestyler or legends like Ronaldinho and uh, Leo Messi? And why? Because you don't need just to be super talented. So don't make, don't, um, I don't want to be arrogant and I don't want to compare myself as these such great uh, names. But uh, you need uh, focus you need focus. Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. It's not everything about tasting and about uh, to be super skilled, to be um, uh, to be super blind taster because a lot of people say, think, all right, he is really good to make blind tasting. So he knows a lot about wine. Of course, uh, if you are good, you have a really good uh, uh, memory, tasting memory, of course, but you can taste uh, three times all the wine around the world alone. And after you will not be an expert of wine, of course, so you will have taste a lot of wines but you have to understand, you have to study, you have to know the theory. Theory, I think, is the most important thing. With a lot of theory, you can compense a lot of talent. You have to know the theory, you have to know the taste, but you also have to be able to communicate. I guess that is one of the main and most important roles of a sommelier. I think most people think that uh, a sommelier goes on to work in restaurants. But in fact, there are many different things sommeliers can do. And you have some interesting projects. Tell us about what you're working on now. So I'm working about... I do a lot of stuff, uh, Mark. I do... what The main things what I am now doing is the wine journal. And the wine journal by Arsteboni is a rating uh, website. Well, we are... we, Me and my team... We are rating a lot of different wines, uh, of course, mostly of Italy, and uh, in a hundred points systems like Parker, Parker teaches. And um, we want to make something, um, something new and something super modern. Because if you take a look on the website, it's a lot of modern. Uh, we work uh, a lot with the um, to make the wine more digital, and. And yes, you have to check a look, check a little bit the website, and it will be short, clear. We are speaking about prices, different uh, different categories uh, from bronze to gold, uh, but uh, speaking about price. So, uh, um, uh, I don't want to say a cheap wine, but a low priced wine can achieve, of course, a lot uh, of high points because uh, some of people or the people, a lot of of. Uh, Wine lover think, all right, the wine costs, I don't know, 100, 150, 200 euro, and then have, of course, to achieve a high points, a high, a lot of points. But of course, there are, we are working on, on price value and, of course, 
that's it. And that's vital for consumers. Exactly. This, then I do a lot of, uh, of, of education in Italy, a lot of uh, events and tasting to, incre- to increase uh, the passion and the knowledge of people, of people that come to me and to hear what I have, what I have to say and what I'll let taste. Well, that's really important, I think, to uh, communicate that passion. And I guess to get, to get people really to not be frightened of wine, but to understand that wine is, brings joy. And, and... and something that I want to do is uh, to simplify, to make the world of wine easier. Why? Because uh, the world of wine is super, super difficult. It's complicated. It's complex. And uh, so we are speaking now about the wine. A lot of complexity. A lot of difficult to understand it. And we, and I am speaking about uh, the communicator of of the world and the sommeliers, we have uh, to simplify a little bit the wine world with normal words, you know. Because sometimes you go to tastings and it's like... uh, um, a competition who knows more flower names and who knows more I don't know what and so we have to speak clearly, speak easy and to be really concrete and people from the super professional to the beginner have to stand up after the tasting and to and to say and to think all right, I understood everything. And of course, if a professional wants to know more about some wines and to um, go a little more inside, a little more deep on the conversation, of course we can. But everyone from the one to the last have to understand ex- uh, um, 100% everything. I think that's a really good point, Eros. We need to make wine accessible uh, as much as possible. And, you know, uh, language, trying to find descriptors for wines, so many flowers, so many minerals, all of that, it, 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 it can become a barrier. But if you can communicate clearly. Exactly. We have, we have to speak about uh, flowers or fruits that everyone every day can eat and try and smell not about something really, really difficult. Because if I speak with you, Mark, about uh, the flower what are above uh, 1,500 meters here now in my mountains, I think... No, no, exactly right. Yeah, we need a common language. Exactly. We need a common language. And this is what uh, I am trying to do. And now I am really happy because people love it and people understand it. And I hope... Uh, that uh, will uh, that other communicator will join me with this method. Yes, I think that's a very good goal. Now we say a common language, but I imagine that you undertake tastings in many languages. How many languages do you speak? So English, uh, you are you are uh, you hear my level of English. You're speaking very well. I am I am pretty I am pretty happy, but of course I have to increase. But uh, my um, German and Italian, there are the two languages that I know mostly or maybe perfect. Now, looking at the role of the sommelier in a restaurant, what do you think the most important thing is for a sommelier to do, to be able to do, to help uh, enhance a dining experience? So, to have uh, sommeliers have to try a lot, to try a lot of different stuff, to invest a lot of time, of money, of course, to taste different stuff and to taste what other restaurants are doing, other plates, other dishes, other wines, and to be a little bit, to have a vision of 360 degrees about wine. I make an example. We are speaking about, um, 
I, is an example that I always, I do this example always, but it's really, really clearly. Um, we are speaking about fried lamb. So fried lamb, if you are thinking now to put a wine with fried lamb, you think about high acidity, of course, dry. Uh, we can go for reds, we can go for whites, we can go for Riesling, we can go for, I don't know, um, something like Syrah, New World or something like that. But what we tried in my in in in, our, in several restaurants where I was to uh, to put it with ice wine, ice wine of Canada. Why? Super high acidity, super sweetness. So we have a contrast between uh, the saltiness of the lamb, the intensity of the lamb, and the sweetness. And then the fattiness of the lamb is is um, um, it's went really perfect with the high acidity of the wines. And of course, I will not serve. A full glass, because a full glass of sweet wine with the main course is really difficult. But um, a, um, a half of a glass, a quarter of a glass. And then what happened? We have every time a super wow effect. And this is really important. Why? Because people come to the restaurant to make a fantastic, a fabulous experience. And not to just drink and eat something. Because if I am hungry, I am thirsty, I can stay home, I have a wonderful cellar. Uh, I can not cook so really well, but I can order some food. And But if I go in a restaurant where is a sommelier, so a high-level restaurant, uh, I want to make an incredible experience. I want to try. And sommelier have to uh, create um, this experience for all this experience for all the customers. I think that's absolutely fascinating uh, uh, about the need to think outside of the box. It's very easy with wine to begin, you know, to think, you know, fish is always a white wine. Lamb, you know, most people would pair lamb with a range of different red wines. Certainly, you know, I'm thinking of so many Italian wines that. We think goes so well with lamb. I never would have thought of a Canadian ice wine. Actually, I don't know why people think that peop, uh, fish have to go with white wine and meat have to go with red wine. Because some meat I prefer a lot with white wine. Example: if I if I um, if I eat rabbit, so of course could be good Pinot Noir, could be Nebbiol, could be Grenache, could be we can find a lot of things. But the average and the quantity of white wine that I can eat with its example rabbit or with fashion or with something like this there are a lot and like bubbles like sweet wines too we can go we can come we can create our menu only with white only with red only with bubbles only with sweet wines and the the world of wine is fascinating exactly because of this because you can compare a lot of things with several and different wines and to create, um, you know, because everyone wants to create the perfect match. But perfect match, come on, we're about perfection is really, really difficult to speak. And uh, of course, if you want to compare, or if you want, want to put a wine in a traditional dish, example, if you go to Italy, or we can stay in, uh, in, in, in Tuscany, because then everywhere we know this uh, kind of dish. And we have a Fiorentina steak. So, of course, there are some red wines, of course, some white wines, but you have the Fiorentina on, in your plate and the different, maybe, um, uh, the different, uh, like potatoes. Uh, we can have some spinachi. We can have, uh, you know, um, something that come with the Fiorentina. So we have Fiorentina and two or three different things uh, on the plate. But now the sommeliers 
هدايا ار ان ان ديفيكولت بات واي بيكوز ذا مودرن اند جورميت كوزين اوف كورس اتس تو فايند ذا بيرفكت وان ويز ذا بليت از سوبر سوبر ديفيكولت واي بيكوز اون ذا سيم بليت اكزامبل اف وي وونت تو دو تو مودرن فيورنتينا يو هاف اون يور بليت يور بيس اوف 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 ميت اند ذن يو هاف a sweet sauce a high acidity sauce a umami sauce you have a green vegetal part on the plate so in the same plate in the modern cuisine you have 10 different kind of flavors and of taste and it's always super difficult to find something that go and something that works with everything so the modern sommelier <laughs> he don't have a uh, um, easy life. No, no, no. And I think it's really important that you you uh, reassure people who can become obsessed with finding the perfect match, that it doesn't exist, that it's not only the complexity of a dish, the sauces, or whatever, it's also the personal taste of everybody. Of course. And our idea is to, the idea of the sommelier is to find, of course, something, not that he like specifically, but the people and customers should like. Right. So you're assessing in conversation, perhaps, with the diner, the types of flavors, wines they like, and then steering a way towards making that match that will en- they will enjoy. What about what foods, what are the most difficult foods to pair wines with? Are there any foods that you can't pair a wine with? Ma, I think uh, you can't, uh, no. Uh, you have to be really, really careful with vegetables, of course. If you just think tomato, tomato is super, super difficult. Why? Because uh, when it's raw, you have high acidity, saltiness. If you cook them, it's sweet and salty and the acidity is still high. So, you know, vegetables um, change a lot the taste and the aroma during the cooking process. But um, maybe the most difficult things to compare with wine is cheese, because uh, cheese completely change the flavors and the texture when you are eating with a glass of wine, and the glass of wine are cheese changing too. So I think if I have uh, my most or my highest difficulties when I was working as a, as sommelier in restaurant, it was to make a to find the perfect one with cheese. Well, that's interesting because, and I guess there's so many different types of cheese. Of you course. could have a p- cheese plate that has, uh, you know, different styles, rind washed, uh, blue, uh, soft cheeses, and all would require a different wine. Exactly. It is. It is, uh, like you said. And we can work with cheese, example, really, really well with uh, contrast. So put in a really, uh, really spicy cheese uh, something sweet of course we can do like that but uh, contrast you cannot always play with contrast because it's too much intensity a whole menu with contrast uh, combination so you have to find some combination that want to be like an affinity combination okay balancing the whole not just even that dish but the whole meal the whole experience exactly final question eros what do you most enjoy about your work and what are your next challenges? So my next challenges is uh, to find some uh, some time to rest. <laughs> no, just kidding. But um, my next challenges are to increase uh, 
the tasting numbers and to increase uh, the quality what we can give to to our audience when they come to to hear what we have to say about wine and um, I love the connection because uh, in the wine world you can meet you can learn a lot of people a lot of different uh, to taste a lot of different foods to taste a lot of different wine to come in contact with a lot of different cultures and this is uh, the most fascinating uh, fascinating part because you can see all the world just just uh, through the wine and through tasting and through speaking about what you are loving actually like wine well i think that's actually a beautiful way to look at uh, what you're doing that wine is a, a, a doorway to culture, to enjoyment, to food and wine, to people, and to learning, constantly learning. Yeah. Eros, it, it, it's, it's been a real pleasure meeting you, learning about your life as a professional sommelier. But I think most important is coming through here is as a wine communicator. You really love sharing your love of wine. Wine is an experience. Wine is something difficult and must be experienced. So we are do we are here for doing that. Well, good luck with all of your exciting projects, and I hope to meet one day. All the best, and bye bye for now. Thank you, Mark. Thank you to everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin.